Welcome to the Very Important Opinions Podcast, the show made for anyone with an opinion, where guests and I will talk through our unpopular opinions and debate a lighthearted but controversial topic. I'm your host, Nick Alliston. This episode, I'm joined by my former AP Spanish teacher, Senora Spencer. Hola, Senora. How are you? Hola, Nick. Estoy bien, gracias. Or como estas for the other high-level Spanish speakers listening in. Anyone else that passed their AP exam? They can understand what I'm saying right now. <laughs> you, yeah, you definitely had to take an AP exam to understand that. Yeah, sure. yeah, yeah. So that that you can tell I got a three at least. Um, it's been it's been almost three years now since I was your student. Wow. Doesn't time just fly? It does indeed. Yes. Um. What What was yes. your What was your perception of me as as your student? Honestly, my most significant memory of you is when. I told you what we were going to be naming our child after I announced that we were pregnant. And I said, I'm going to name him Sawyer. And you were like, oh, so everybody can call him soy sauce. And I was <laughs> like, oh, God, like glad that I ran it by a high school boy to make sure I get all of the known <laughs> nicknames out of the way. <laughs> I totally remember that. I totally forgot about the, the interaction also. But I'm glad that it had a scarring lasting it did it was quite an it was an impactful moment for me but it didn't stop you it did not i really i i stand behind my my choice of naming my child i I love it i love that you persevered through that and also i don't think the soy sauce name would catch on as much as i may have hoped when i warned you of it i don't feel like (laughs) that really means anything at all um i really hope not we'll see i'll let you know when he gets to middle school and high school what kids call him okay yeah we'll 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 have a follow-up episode then that sounds great. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that that was your general perception of me, just someone who was in the way of naming your firstborn child. <laughs> just a just an obstacle in a major life event. Uh, no, no, my perception of you. You were a hardworking kid um, who thoroughly enjoyed being as humorous as possible, which I very much appreciated most yeah. of the time. Did I. F- when I try to describe my relationship with my teachers in high school, I, I maybe, maybe this is prideful, but I, I feel like I rode the line of like, of like <laughs> being too much, but like still being f- like fun. I feel like I rode the line yes. pretty well. Like I kinda, you did. I kind of knew when to shut up. <laughs> yes. Usually, which is some people's downfall. Right. I would say the only issue with our class was that you had um, other people who would egg you on to continue. <laughs> And so sometimes it would get a little out of hand, but you know, whatever. <laughs> hey, that, that's all right. The, it's the going to remember my grade on the test or something. Yeah. Yeah. We're, you're going to remember the laughs, the name call, the. That's right. The previews of the name calling. Do you remember um, me and Nico Na and James going and coming third place in the county Spanish contest, whatever we did? <laughs> <laughs> we got like recognized at the Forsyth County like Board of Education <laughs> superintendent gave us our award and stuff. <laughs> you got a participation award. We got third. <laughs> we got third. We went, we practiced in class Out that of three? day for extra credit. No, you the thing for extra credit, like the Forsyth County Learning Expo. No, I know exactly what you're talking. I know what you're talking about. Yeah, that's right. I know. I'm yes. Isn't I that know. crazy that we came top three? Yes, you guys. I think our presentation was just funny because I know it wasn't our level of understanding of the language. 
No, I guaranteed it was just like you won for comedic relief. <laughs> we went in, I, was, I just remember running late and it was at South Forsyth High School and it was in the trailers and we we ran up to the trailers and we didn't know which one it was in and we sprinted and they were like, Bongiorno. And we were like, nope, 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 nope. And we like got out of that one and like ran to the next trailer. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that was going on right side right beside it. And then we finally made our like door. looking for Ola. Ola <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ola. <laughs> and then we made it. We made it to ours, and we got to the door. And like right as we walked up, they were like, "Are you guys our names?" And we were like, "Oh yes, like you got to go now." We were like, oh, "Okay, well, we'll see how this goes." Here we go. We were, we were practicing nice. in the Zaxby's, the Zaxby's bathroom together. We would rotate who was in the stall, and the other two of us would go through our lines. Um, <laughs> that just shows the dedication we had to this project. <laughs> All for some extra credit, but it worked out. Yep. Yep. Your unpopular opinion for this episode is that the pandemic is not just a negative experience. Yeah. Let's elaborate on that. Elaborate on that. Okay. Well, um, I feel like even though a lot of people are far apart, there have been, we've had to get creative in ways to come together. And so honestly, I've seen people more in the in this past year i can't believe it's been a year um yeah uh but i've seen some people who i don't usually see in years and years and years i've seen them more in this past year than i have in several years and so i feel like you know it's just offered us a way to kind of expand our thinking about the way that we live our lives and i think that that is a really positive thing. I think that we were as a society getting really complacent with the way that we were living. And I think it just shook things up. Now, I mean, obviously it's not a great thing, um, but just seeing the positive in it and how that can impact our future. I think that it's causing a lot of people to be a lot more innovative and to really consider what really matters in their life. Um, and to take a step back and to slow down and things have kind of picked up a little bit more, but I would say in the first several months of, you know, when we were all really in lockdown mode and with our families, I think a lot of people really were able to realize that, Oh, this is what matters. This, this time being together. I know that for me personally, my son had just turned one and being able to have that time with him was just incredible. I mean, I was at a place personally uh, where I was so overwhelmed as a new mom and as a teacher. And I can remember praying just like, I, I just need a break. Give me something. And I really hope that I did not pray this pandemic into existence. Uh, but one of the positive things that came about it was for me personally, being able to have this time with my son um, that I so desperately wanted, because for me, that was what I knew was most important in my life. And I think that a lot of people have really been able to um, evaluate that and more so take action. I think people probably have thought about that before in the past, but I feel like this has given us an opportunity to actually take action on what we feel like we need to prioritize in our life. 
Yeah, that's. I was gonna say that. I think it like affected priorities or like revealed yeah. priorities a lot. Yeah, because like even with friendships and stuff, it's for my age. I am in a stage of having a lot of friends, and I feel like the pandemic affected in good and bad ways. Like it made me kind of closer to the people like really close to me, but it did kind of hurt the friendships that like you just kind of see around. Like yeah. the friends that like you have like kind of a loose connection to at this point. It's like those got kind of yeah. like hard chopped you know yep um, which yep. i think has pros and cons but that was definitely sure. an effect of it um did you yeah like- i'm curious to know you kind of talked a little bit about like your friendships but for me i mean i'm obviously at a different stage of life than you are and i know looking back because i obviously know several high schoolers who have gone on to college who are currently in college that if this had happened when i was in college I would have been like, well, this is just complete crap. Yeah. So I probably would have had a different outlook um, on all of this. So people have been very sympathetic towards me and my my college friends as if we're getting the brunt of this. But to be honest, I feel like it depends on where you go, obviously. But like at UGA, at least when things are open and like the school is open to where we're there, like things are. I don't really have class in person um yeah stuff like that and which is like weird and i prefer other stuff but especially living off campus like it'd be harder if i was on campus but when i'm off campus and people are here still it's like things are different but i still get to like see people that are like close to me and yeah you know it's like it's not ideal i didn't get to i didn't get to go to a football game like that kind of stuff but like i have i'm also not like a senior i don't know like that that could be hard like it was my last semester yeah or like it would have been really hard i'm good I mean, I think college students probably caught caught the tough end of it, but like the seniors, like if that was my senior year that got got hit like that, just like from sports and like if that was the way like I played, I finished my soccer career and everything. Yeah. That would be, yeah. that'd be pretty that'd be pretty brutal. For sure. I mean, college is like I don't know. The best four like years. It, really and truly. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Before you like officially enter adulthood, it's it's seriously like this alternate universe that you get to go and be kind of responsible, but do whatever you want and, yeah. you know, kind of learn how to be independent, but also have a ton of fun and yeah. it not like really get in the way of other things. Like you can really prioritize friendships fun football yeah right except when there's a pandemic <laughs> yeah as yeah, everyone you can't it's like it's like all the f- all the freedom none of the responsibility exactly it's kind of the perfect yes. the perfect little bubble you're in yes it, it all just exactly. like transitions over from yes the difference between being an adult and being like a student or like yeah. a kid yeah um, yeah but yeah overall i think i think that's true i think the pandemic had a lot of negatives obviously yeah um oh for sure i'm not saying it was like all positive yeah 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 but i don't think it should be like ruled totally one way or the other like i don't know how you could look at it and say it's like just been horrible i know people like personally have had a lot that works be hard to see the positives but sure i know a lot of people have had a lot did you pick up did you happen to pick up any like hobbies or anything like did anything like come into play that you weren't really doing like a lot of people just had a lot of time they're like man i gotta like do something um I probably would have if I didn't have a one-year-old. Right, right. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 
that was your I mean, hobby. I feel like I was able, yeah, <laughs> like I, I was able to do more things with him, you know, like we spent a lot of time outside and we went to the horse farm a couple times and we, you know, I feel like I was able to do more things with him because I had the time to do it. Um, but for me personally, I can't think of anything that I have added yeah. other than another child. Right. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, that's something. Um, yeah. It's kind of just like, like, I, I feel like I just like learned, I just kind of like grew as a human because people have never had yeah. to like sit still. Like a lot of people don't want to do that. And I'm usually more on the go, go, go side. So I just like started like reading books, like yep. being forced to like, no AP lit teacher. That's a beautiful thing, isn't it? Yeah, you know, like it was fun. I was just reading. I started. Yeah. Started a podcast. You know, I was like this never. Hey. This never would have happened. This conversation may have never happened, right? So, there's some. Po- there are positives. I agree. For sure. For sure. My unpopular opinion for this episode. I don't know how unpopular this is. I don't know what people's real stance is. I'm someone who's always been close to my teachers. So coming to college. This is where it comes from. But in my opinion, the high school teacher to high school student relationship is the best teacher student relationship it, it, as it gets. I think it's your older to like elementary, middle school. Like I'm just not quite old enough. Like I know my middle school teachers liked me in middle school. Some of them, at least the ones I was like friends with. But I, I was like, I wish they could re-meet me now because they were like full grown adults and I was 12. Like, and I thought I was so funny. And same with me at 16 and 17. But like me and my high school teachers, like I feel like we actually like we were friends and now i feel like I, i'm at the full capability of being friends with professors but it's very difficult at least for me yeah like the, the classes are so big and yeah they're so especially now because i don't even get to go to class so i don't even really get the chance but even before like i didn't know how to like everyone's like get to know your professors and like i don't really know how you know in high school you're just like vibing with your teacher day in day out every day yes yes yeah and I, I, like I would it. agree with that i mean that's that's, what, that's probably you know i when I first decided to teach high school, like that wasn't, that wasn't my first thought, like, oh, I'll be able to, you know, build better relationships at the high school level. It was more of just like, I can't handle like <laughs> children crying and snotty noses other than like my own children when yeah, I decided yeah. to have That's them. Very, very different. Yeah, for sure. And, uh, you know, with middle school, I just, oof. <laughs> I don't know. That's, that's a lot. Um, high school can still be a lot, but no, I, I agree with you as a teacher. I think that, I think that the relationship part for a high school student and high school teacher comes in that we're kind of in that last step of you becoming an adult. And so that interaction is just kind of like, yeah, at least for me, that's something that I tried to bring to my kids of like, I'm going to speak to you like I speak to everyone else because you're no different and you are soon going to be a functioning adult in our society. And I would prefer you to know how to speak to authority respectfully and also in a way to connect with them, you know, not just uh, be like timid around people who have authority over you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. That's super true. It's interesting to hear from a teacher perspective. Or like why you would pick high school and stuff. Cause like my mom was a middle school teacher and like, she just like, 
like she always said like the struggle the biggest the hardest part was like the kids who just don't care and like she has to care for them kind of thing oh yeah um, and like i know like oh, there's still those kids in high school too. yeah and that's like definitely applicable in high school but like one thing i think still shifts a little bit and maybe i'm wrong but i feel like from like seventh grader to like senior in high school is like the seniors in high school don't care like you and your teacher kind of have that like mutual understanding that you don't care and like you don't like <laughs> like the se- like a seventh grader doesn't care like he wants to like get under the teacher's skin kind of thing and like enjoys mm. like a no- like you're just putting your airpods in and like you're not listening and the teacher may that may be a big deal to some teachers but, like if the teacher doesn't like need to be annoyed by them usually most of the kids who are like yeah. i feel like who are like audibly annoying teachers actually kind of cared about the class too they just cared about like their attention also bing bing no, I'm <laughs> 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 that, that that's that's my perspective on it as a student yeah but i, don't know. I agree with that i, don't know. I haven't yeah. taught i've never taught middle schoolers so i don't know i was only around when i was one of everyone else and middle school is just a big right a big fight to be top of the food chain so oh, tell me about it it's a tough it's a tough time for, yeah for everyone it's just a honestly. straight lateral food chain and you're just trying to climb <laughs> like you get to high school and like people just kind of get over it and you may think like certain friend groups are cool but it's just like circles you're trying to get in it's just a straight up line in middle school <laughs> <laughs> how is that okay let's talk about that for a second though how is that food chain determined you know what's shocking to me i remember having this thought vividly at like 11 years old and i'll never i'll never forget it is that all like the quote-unquote popular like girls from yeah like, from my fifth grade from elementary school they mm-hmm. conjoined with the other elementary schools and they were friends within a couple weeks. And it's not like they all know they have like Instagram. Like that wasn't even really a thing. It wasn't like they could, they had any right knowing who the other, and they all just found each other. And I was like, is this just like a breed of people that I just, I was so shocked. I was pretty self-aware. I feel like that I had that thought, but I was like, how do you guys know that you guys were like the, some people may have shifted in, in their status, but like yeah. in general, people just like settled right back in. It's just weird. I don't know how you know. It is really weird. How, right. Like, how do you know? How is that established? And then for the kids that are like in the middle to the bottom of the food chain, like, why, why do we just accept that? I know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know why. It doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make sense. Why, why, who chooses which groups like the, the cool kids? It doesn't even make any logical sense they're not popular at 11 years old how like, does that happen and by all definition purposes they're not popular either because they're not friends with the rest of the school so they're really not popular like they don't know people right they're just like the kids that everybody else wants to be yeah for no good Somehow. right i don't know i don't know i'm gonna write maybe one day i'll write a paper on it that's start a, a podcast on it that's an idea maybe i'll start interviewing middle schoolers <laughs> <laughs> That would be entertaining, actually. That could be a really good one. I was talking today about starting a new segment where it's for like, you know, there's like rate my professor for college professors. Yeah. Yeah. So I start a podcast where I interview professors and let them let them give like their counter to all their ratings or like let them promote their own class. Love it. I think that's great. Right. Yeah. This is the problem, though. Back to my own point. I don't know my professors. So. Right. Yeah. We'll get there. I wish I had. um advice for you about that i don't i'll make it work i'll okay. figure it out yeah the main topic of this episode coming from my former spanish teacher is <laughs> should should schools require students to learn a second language and 
oddly enough, you say, you say no. Yeah. Why, why, why not? Well, actually you kind of touched on this point a little bit earlier when you mentioned that the pandemic has allowed you time to read for enjoyment rather than being forced to do it. And that's kind of my, my reasoning for why I think, I think if it was something other than just learning a language, because, you know, the way that, that languages are taught in schools, I don't necessarily agree with. And I try my best to, to do it in a way that actually is meaningful. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're, we're trying to like force these kids to learn a language without any like background really like you just you have to do it so you can graduate and that right. kind of mentality is just it's the exact same thing as like I mean you and I are pretty much the same I hated reading for the longest time because I was forced to do it and was forced to read books to be able to discuss in class or take accelerated reader tests on yeah and that's just bogus like encourage me to do it like help me figure out what kind of genres I enjoy reading and let me do that. You know? So I think that learning a language is obviously extremely valuable. Forcing a kid to do it. I mean, if there's a kid in your class that like just really doesn't want to do it, but it's just doing it because their parents made them or, you know, they have to do it to get into college. Like that's no fun for anyone. Um, so that's kind of where, that's kind of where that side of the opinion comes from. Now, the benefits of learning a language, um, are cultural awareness. And I think that instead of forcing kids to learn vocabulary and grammar, we really now as a society need to be giving classes on cultural awareness and how to be mindful of how other people live life, um, be comfortable with questioning how we live our own life and why we do the things that we do. Um, and I think that that would be a beneficial class that could probably be required. Um, because even through this pandemic, I think that we as a society, like a global society are becoming more connected and are learning more about each other. And that's a beautiful thing to be able to just learn about other cultures, be curious about how other people live their lives, be curious about what other people believe, why they believe it. So that way you're constantly growing and questioning what you believe, why you believe it. And you're able to grow as a human. Um, But I think the way that we force language down kids' throats, it's kind of the same way that we force reading down kids' throats and everything else. It's basically what's wrong with our educational system. Um, Whoo! Dang. <laughs> she's, she's, oh my gosh. Nonstop. I love it. This is so fun. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's like, it's, it's, it's a lot, but that's, that's why I enjoy teaching AP so much is because that's when you can get into that kind of stuff. Um, but honestly, I think that like a prerequisite to any language class should be some sort of like cultural awareness class. I think it's a good idea. 
Yeah. It makes a lot we'll of do sense. Do it. Your class had a Figure lot of your class had a lot of we had like culture like we had pro, like presentations over different yeah. cultures. So I thought that was like the most interesting part of the the course. Um, yeah. But anyways, because I got to keep arguing against you. So enough of all the good stuff you said. Um, <laughs> so you, like you, you said, because I, I agree, like the, it's framed right now as like a, it's a graduation requirement. You know, yeah. so like what if we started like four or five, like pre-K kindergarten? It's like you're learning this to get to be fluent. Yeah. That's a way of requiring it in a good way. For sure. Absolutely. I'm totally on that. I don't know if you know, Forsyth County has like a dual language program that starts in kindergarten where the kids learn half their day in English and half their day in Spanish. That's crazy. It's incredible. Yeah. It's like, why haven't we been doing this? Like you want kids to actually learn a language, start early when their minds are still moldable and go from there. That's a good point. So you just think, is you, do you think that we start the Spanish process too late? Or Spanish or like any of them. So you, your problem is yeah, like you start too late. So it's like forced yeah. to do because you don't. Right. And again, by that point, right. So, okay. Let's say we have kids who start out in kindergarten learning a language. By the time we get to high school, again, introduce them to that cultural awareness class. So that way they have an idea of where this language that they've been learning comes from, the people who speak it, the way that they live their life, you know, that kind of thing. But if we're going to start it later, then like there needs to be a reason why, right? Because there's always kids who are like, why do I have to learn this? And by the time that you're in high school, your brain is developed enough. It's not nearly fully developed, but it's developed enough that you can understand that learning about other cultures allows you to be more empathetic, more compassionate. It allows your brain to expand. It just makes you overall a better human really um and just yeah makes sense so do you so you you be on board for requiring it from a very early start or no i hate the word require that's fair but like we require math yep and like that's kind of forced down us and we don't really get the choice to come grow into my own with math you know I can't come around. I can't take a culture of math class junior year and decide I want to dive deeper into this. Like I'm pretty forced into it. <laughs> Again, I mean, beyond elementary school math, what do you use outside of that? Well, I'm still using it for school, but Ooh. but that's fair. Maybe once I'm done with all this, I don't know. You're right. I mean, I don't know where it's all pickled. But I think I learned, I've had an episode about why math is important, so I won't get into it. But I do think it teaches like a lot of logic. That, and like problem solving and like a way of thinking that you don't get from anywhere else and that's why i think you should still learn math after elementary school because of like yeah. the you get from it that like you should be able to like at least logically it teaches logic sure you can't I agree google, with that. you can't google logic unless you mean the rapper anyways last question as okay. we wrap up what are the the best and the hardest parts of being a high school teacher? Ooh. Um, okay. So the best part, I mean, we kind of talked about it earlier. The best part is like the relationship that you get to build. And honestly, like looking back, being able to have conversations with past students and just 
being a part of someone else's life, knowing that you had some sort of impact in it. Um, that's, I mean, that's pretty much why I got into teaching. Yeah. Uh, hardest part of being a high school teacher is literally everything else that goes on outside of the classroom. So just like the requirements on teachers, the demands of teachers, it's just really gotten to the point of being outrageous. And um, yeah, it, it totally leads, leads to burnout. Um, you know, just the requiring of all of the extra. Um, I don't know if you know much about that, but it's, I mean, from professional development to coaching to all the things that require us to spend our time outside of our actual paid hours. And that's, you know, as a teacher, it's that, that's an unpopular opinion, right? That like, we, I think society almost expects teachers to like be teachers 24 um, seven. Yeah. And that's demanding. Uh, and, and our, um, you know, the powers that be have kind of adopted that and, and require teachers to do extra things. And honestly, you're looked at as like the lazy teacher. If you just come in and do your job and teach kids. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I've seen, I've seen a little bit of it just from my mom. Like I know that that's, yeah. she would say like very similar things of why she got burnt out. Like it wasn't, yeah. generally, it wasn't generally the classroom. No, no. I was just having a conversation because this is actually, I don't know if I told you, but this is my last year of teaching for yeah. now. Yeah. I yeah. Um, and part of that is like burnout as a new mom. I want to be able to have time with my kids. And I just didn't feel like I was able to do that as a teacher, which is crazy because it's always like advertised like, oh, it's the best job for moms. It's not anymore. <laughs> I don't, I don't recommend it. <laughs> um, uh, there are incredible, incredible um, uh, benefits, as I mentioned, to doing it. But I feel like that served me as a a young single person. Even when I was married, you know that that was fine too. Before we had kids, um, but it really does take a lot of time, a lot of time, outside of like your normal nine to five. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that is about it for the episode. Senora, thanks so much for coming on and talking with thanks me. Thanks for having me. This is fun. Do you have any, any last remarks and then you want to plug before we go? Your, no. Your, your, big, your big new business brand. Oh, my big new business brand? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. If any of your friends uh, become pregnant, hopefully, you know, a little bit further in the future. Or my, my older friends. Your older friends, definitely. Yeah. Uh, motherhood mentoring. Look me up on Facebook. There you go. Just look up yeah. Senora, look up Senora Spencer. And that's actually not who you should yeah, look up she'll come, because she'll come that's up, she'll come up just like that. Um, <laughs> well, remember to check out um, the Instagram at VIO Podcast and follow the account while you're there. You can give your own opinions on our unpopular opinions on the Instagram. Thanks for listening.